bring peace to the nations, and dominion shall be from sea to sea, and from the river to the end of the earth. God will save his people. As for you also, because of the blood of your covenant, I will set your prisoners free from the waterless pit. Return to the stronghold, you prisoners of hope. Even today I declare that I will restore double to you. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may take your seats. Amen. I want to talk again. I've been dealing with since the beginning of the year uh, on and off. I want to deal again today with this idea of what does it mean to receive a double portion? What does it mean to receive a double portion? This is the third iteration of this idea. Today we capture the story here in the book of Zechariah. And one of the reasons why I enjoy reading this particular word is that Zechariah gives us a prophetic word about the coming of the Messiah. Zechariah speaks about the time when the Messiah will come and the restoration of the people of Israel would take place so that all that they had been through and all of the trials under Babylonian captivity would cease to exist. And following the Babylonian captivity, God would begin to restore them. During Babylonian captivity, they had lost everything. They had left, been taken from their homes. They've been taken. Many of them had been pulled from Jerusalem into Babylon and forced into what only can be best described at best indentured servitude, at worst slavery. They were forced into a situation where they were treated, if nothing more than second-class citizens, if citizens at all. They were in a position where they were uh, so filled with angst and with fear and with trepidation that worship of God had become completely difficult. Uh, you can hear the psalmist writing those words, how can we sing the Lord's song in a strange land? It would be during that captivity that the songs of Zion would almost elude their, their vocal cords. They, it was hard to lift up a song of praise because they were going through so much. The text goes on to suggest that they that had carried us away captive required of us a song so that their captors wanted to hear them sing. It's interesting when you think about it. It's almost as though the captors took as much interest in their singing because it did something for them, even though at that point they didn't feel like singing. It might have been that the captors realized when they were singing, they acted better. They felt better. They were different people when they were singing than they were when they weren't singing. And so the captors probably thinking that they could do a little, uh, little emotional therapy said, y'all sing. And instead, we don't feel like singing. But, but the captain realized, I think, and this may be true or not true. I'm, I think I'm, I'm offering my hypotheses on this. So don't take it as sacrosanct. That meaning don't take it as sacred text. But my hypothesis would be the captors actually realized that something happened in the midst of singing, in the midst of their praising that went on that moved people to a different level. I, I want to tell you something. 
There's a difference in singing, and I want to mention this because it's so important. So glad Minister Lamont's here tonight. Glad to see all y'all, but I'm glad to see Minister Lamont because we were here this morning, and my, my man Jose was with us, but we were here this morning for the funeral this morning, which meant that between the time of the close of the funeral and now there's been over five or six hours. He doesn't live locally, which means he would have either had to take an hour drive back home, an hour back up here, I don't know exactly what he did in that interim, but I'm glad to see him here tonight because music is so important. Let, let, me, let me tell you why. Let me tell you why. Does something for your soul. Does something for your spirit. Uh, but I learned something over the years. I learned that it's different when I'm singing about God than when I'm singing to God. When I'm singing about God, I'm offering up praises about who he is. That's, that's wonderful. But when I'm singing to God, I am just basking in God alone. I'm not trying, you know, we, we've got great hymns of the church. Uh, you know, if you think of, of, of many of the old Dr. Watts hymns, Tis the old, you know, ship of Zion. Those are great songs. I mean, between the Dr. Watts hymns and the regular hymns, there's some, there's some good ones over there. You know, but when I'm singing to God, you know, when I, when I, the, watch, watch this now. I just did a little bit to the old Chip of Zion. That's not really a Dr. Watts, that's old hymn. But, but, I, but if I do something like, I love him, I love him. Because he first loved me. Do you feel the difference? And he purchased my salvation on Calvary. There are a lot of religious songs we can sing, and they are good songs. But there's something about when those songs are the adoration of our God that, that, that speak to who he is and, and the blessing of knowing him that shifts us, changes us. I think that's probably why they required of him a song. I, I don't know, but I, I think it is because you need to realize if you can, don't fool around when you're going through and put on your favorite worship music and see if it won't change you. Next time you're going through, don't put on your favorite worship music, put on the blues. It'll mess your head up. You before you know it, you be sitting there crying, right? <laughs> be feeling all bad. You, if there's something in it that that, what does it do? It shifts your emotions. Now I did all that with music to suggest that the prophetic word here has the intent of doing what music does to shift their emotions. 
The idea in the text is to help them see in the midst of their circumstances that yet there is hope. That I realize that you're going through, but do not allow yourself to remain in what the, 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 the scripture almost calls, don't remain prisoners of a waterless pit. That's what he calls it. Prisoners of a waterless pit. Now that's in verse 11, and you might have shot over a waterless pit because you didn't understand what it meant. What they would do is that, that, that when they really wanted to, to punish someone, they take an old well that had dried up, waterless, and that was the solitary confinement. Prisoners of a waterless pit. Can you imagine a well with no rope, no staircase, no chain? You're 20, 30 feet down in the ground in a hole. You can see up and see light, but there's no hope for you to get out from the well. And they had been prisoners of what essentially was emotionally a waterless pit. Waterless pit. Now there's, there's, there's a lot of things you can, I hope you see the analogy. I want you to see the, the hole. I want you to imagine with me the, the, the hole wide enough that I can't put my feet across to even leverage a, a my way up. But not wide enough for me to lay down and sleep. Wide enough that I cannot make my body form a, a ladder if I was strong enough to press my hands on one wall and my feet on another and potentially crawl up. It's too wide. It's, it's, it's too wide for that. Not enough room for me to have space. I have nobody in there. Because uh, yeah, you, you may have seen some of the movies of uh, these persons who get stuck in holes who when they have another person with strength, would get back to back. One person will put their feet on one wall, the other person feet on the other wall, and back to back step up the wall, forcing each other through the pressure of their back against each other, up the wall till they got to the top. Nobody to, nobody to walk the wall with me. He says of them, they are prisoners of a waterless pit. But he says, I need you to realize that restoration has come. And he points to the restoration in the coming of the king. The humble king. Not a regular king. A humble king. Who comes, as we will celebrate in a few weeks, who comes riding on a donkey. The humble king, whom you ought to shout, O daughters of Zion, behold, your king is coming, having salvation, lowly, meek, humble, riding on a donkey. Wants to shift him. I know you've been going through. I know, I know life has been difficult. I need you to take an emotional break from the trauma that you've been dealing with and prepare your mind for a new day. 
Now, 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 you have to realize, I was sharing with someone the other night about the fact that uh, they were talking about peace and happiness. And they, they thought that peace was happiness. And I said, no, it's not. Peace and happiness are not synonymous. Because I, I may, happiness usually is dependent on what's happening. And if what's happening ain't all that happy, if my peace is attached to it and the happenings around me are bad, then I lose my peace. I don't need a peace dependent on happenings. I need a peace when what's happening is dreadful and troublesome and difficult. And yet, I find that place of peace. Uh, submariners, uh, that's the way they describe persons who ride submarines, talk to what is called the cushion of the sea. The cushion of the sea is a place the ocean could be foaming and billowing and storming. There could be a tornado above us. It could be hurricane, gale force winds, and everything on the surface could be tossed in the air. It could go down several feet into the, into the water. And if you were trying to be there, it would be moving you around and shaking you and moving and tossing you. But there's a layer below the layer called the cushion of the sea where what's happened above you cannot affect you, nor what's happening below you. And in that area, the cushion of the sea is total peace, even though everything else is a wreck. That, that the, the New Testament writer describes as a peace that surpasses all understanding. What he's attempting here to set them up for was to get the idea and the mindset of that peace. And, and, and what, he, what he wants them to understand is that that comes, watch this now, that comes when you can rid yourself of one thing, just one thing. If I rid myself of this, I will make it. I will survive. If I hold on to this, I will die. If I rid myself of it, I can make it through anything. If I hold on to it, I will cry and weep in my sleep. If I rid myself of it, I can have joy even when life has been the, the worst to me. And it's thrown its roughest at me. It's captivated me and crushed me to the earth. If I hold this one thing, I can make it. I know you, you wonder what it is. It is simply hope. Hope. Brother, brother, mom, maybe we can do this like this. My hope is built 
on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest sound, but only lean on Jesus. On Christ the solid rock I stand all of the ground is sinking sand all of the ground is sinking sand next I want you to get your idea on hope and so he introduces hope in Christ. It's in the text. I know it might not have jumped out in the beginning, but it's right there. That's the hope that they were to hold on to. He who came bringing salvation. Hold on to this. It ain't over yet, but hold on to this. About to bless somebody right now. Hold on to this. Hold on to hope. Behold, your king is coming to you. Verse 9. He is just. Ooh, thank you, Jesus. You know, it's so easy to run over words that you think you know. He said, He is just, which, which, which intimates that what is happening right now is unjust. What's happening right now is unfair. What's happening right now is against life. It's against righteousness. But he who is coming is just. You know, sometimes Sometimes, I, I, I feel this tonight. Sometimes people will treat you in a manner that they would not want to be treated themselves. Totally unjust. Systems will align against you. Totally unjust. Life seems to put barricades that are unfair and essentially unjust. But he that loves you is just. And thank you, Lord. Th thank you. But not only is he just, but he comes already bringing deliverance. That, 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 that's what the word salvation means. It's, it's deliverance. It's, it's, it's you're coming out. It's, it, I know you're in a box now, but you're coming out. I know you're in a pit now, but you're coming out. And so what he says to them, I want you to now know, instead of being prisoners of a waterless pit, I want you to do something for me. Number one, Here's what I want. We're going to get to this tonight. Number one, I need you to know you're people of hope. Don't let nothing take your hope. You're people of hope. Hope is what it's all about. 
He says, you, you, can, you can take this with you. Understand, I'm going to cut off the armaments of the enemy. Verse 10, I'll cut off the chariots of Ephraim. I'll cut off the battlement of, of the enemy. He says, I'll, I'll cut off everyone. I'll cut off those who have, who have instruments of death and have warrants for your arrest. I'll cut them off. I'll cut off the battle bow. I'll cut them off. I'll cut it off. He who's coming speaks peace to the nation. And his dominion will be from sea to shining sea. And in case you don't get it, God will save his people. That's my hope right there. People of hope, you've got to remember God will save his people. God, God promises I will save my people to the ends of the earth. I'll save them from sea to shining sea. I'll bring peace to the nation. Peace will rule worldwide. He says, I'll bring peace to the four winds of the seven seas, I'll, I'll bring peace. He says, I need you to become people of hope. You know, James Weldon Johnson puts it in the Negro National Anthem, and he talks about hope unborn had died. Reality is, is that sometimes it feels like hope is stillborn. But I need to tell you, before you give up on hope, try it again. Let me, let me put it in a vernacular New Testament saints would, would understand and appreciate. They couldn't have appreciated it then because he hadn't yet come. New Testament saints, would, would you'll get this part. Before you give up, try Jesus again. I know you prayed. Before you give up, try Jesus again. Before you throw in the towel, give Jesus a chance. Is the hope that we have in him that allows us to move. In him we live and move and have our very being. Open him. Here, here. It, it is not just in him, but it is in us. Wait a minute. All of you who are believers, for Christ is in you. The what? Hope of glory. The hope that Zechariah speaks of. The very hope of glory. And then he says, uh, he says, I not only need you to be people of hope, but I want you to get so caught up in hope that you chain yourself to it. You missed it, I... Went, went over your head. Yeah. Watch this. Here's what the text says. Verse 12. 
turn to the stronghold, you prisoners of hope. He says, I want you, number two, to become prisoners of hope. I need you to become prisoners of hope. You, 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 there's a lot going on. Attach yourself to the hope that is in God. Attach yourself to the hope that is in the Messiah. Attach yourself to the hope that is in Christ. Now, now hear me closely because this is essential for my argument tonight. They would have been attaching themselves to something that was yet at a distance because they were still in captivity and getting ready to be freed. They would have been attaching themselves to a Christ Messiah who was yet to come. Yet 500 years off but you are attaching yourself to something that is already here. For us, this is not prophecy. This is divine plan fulfillment. We're not attaching ourselves to something that is to come. We're attaching ourselves to something that is now. Why the scripture says now is the acceptable day of salvation. Now, 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 now. There is a, let me see if I can put this in a way. There, there is a, a double end of In, the letter N, there is a nowness of God. And there's a nearness of God. God is a very present help. Nearness. Now is the acceptable day of salvation. There's a nowness and a nearness of God that you need to utilize in recognition that God is ready now to make a way. Now to bless you. And he is not far off from you. He is near you now. And that, 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 that beautiful and awesome understanding of the very closeness of God that we really should wrestle more with. I, I was sharing the other day, um, and I, I'll share it with you. One of the great things about having now the Holy Spirit in the earth realm is that God has, has fulfilled something that he wanted to fulfill anyway. When man or humanity was created, God breathed into them the breath of life. What, what is the in the Hebrew, the ruach. And man became, scripture-wise, a living soul. Everyone with a soul, 
has God in them. Everyone with a soul. It is that divine spark or God within them that would allow them and cause them to search for God. You know, we read, you did not choose me, I chose you. And we think we're talking about selection for salvation. Let me, let me, let me give you another, another way of looking at that. God chose you from creation. He created you. He chose you. Watch this. And his salvation was given freely, not based on anything you did or would do, but as a free gift. Ephesians 2 and 8. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that is out of yourselves. It is the gift of God. In verse 9, not of works, lest any man, let me add, woman should boast. Not anything I've done or anything I will do. God has already given me the gift, so I'm saved because God has saved me. Watch this. If God breathed into me the gift of life, and it isn't the life force that God has given me my soul, it is my soul that longs for God. As the deer panted for the water, so my soul longeth after thee. You alone are my heart's desire. And I long to worship. Y'all help me more. Just, just as the deer, as the deer panted for the water, so my soul longeth after. These are not just lyrics. This is the psalm saying, "You alone are my heart." Desire and I long to worship thee. You alone, yeah. You alone are my strength, my shield. To you alone does my spirit yield. somewhere. Y'all stay with me because I, I know I'm going to mess your head up for a minute. It is that soul within this peace that God has given us of himself, this spark of God that is always in search for the divine. You know why so many young people are in search of spirituality? They think they think they are onto something new. I want to be spiritual. No. 
you just stop long enough to realize that your spirit is longing to connect to God. It wants God. It knows, like a homing pigeon, it knows it ought to be connected to something greater than itself. It knows it needs to be connected to God. It knows. And so it starts searching for God in all the wrong places and searching for God in intimacy and searching for God in, in life force and searching for God in this religion and that religion. It's searching for God because really it knows it has to reconnect to God. Eats it. Those of you who have connected to God, watch where I'm going now, are in line to the divine hope which puts you in position that Jesus wanted you in. Where now, because of your connection, ask, seek, you're not apostles, you're not walking with him as his disciples but you're connected through his blood and his sacrifice and now you have the same command authority and the same ability to make requisitions from heaven ask and it shall be given seek and ye shall find Knock and the door will be open. Prisoners of hope because we know we're connected. Um, I'll use a negative example to make a positive impression. One of the reasons Roger Stone would never say anything bad about Donald Trump is because he knew he was connected. And even if they gave him a prison sentence. He knew he was connected. So if you give me prison, the president's going to pardon me anyway. And if you want to know how much the president will get involved, he'll tweet and tell the attorney general. So every time they try to get him, well, look, we'll give you less time if you do this. So... I won't have no time if I hang with my man. I'm connected. Mafia folk feel like that. When you get in the mafia, you can't touch me because I'm a made man. I'm connected. If you touch me, all H-E double hockey sticks will break loose. I'm connected. If you get me, you don't want to see what's going to happen because I'm connected. But the Lord wants you to get to the place where if they'll trust a foolish 45 and if the mafia will trust a crime boss, why can't you trust your God? It may seem foolish to you, but I'm a prisoner of hope. Finally, and I close with this. 
have prosperity in hope. That's where in the ham sandwich you get that from. Because see, you know, if you trust in the wrong thing, it'll mess you up. It'll cause you to lose. Um, here's what he says. Watch this now, watch this. He says, not only you prisoners of hope, I need you to understand something. Even today, verse 12, I declare. The I here is related to God. God declares that I will restore double to you. Hot diggity dog. Let me tell you, 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 you don't even know when the time to shout. He says, I'm going to, here's, here's the double here. He says, I'm going to cause you to get back everything the enemy stole. I'm going to return it to you and double it. And your connection to God at this point right now, your connection to Jesus puts you in position now that you don't have to worry. You can hold your head up high. Stuff may have gone wrong. You may have lost some stuff. People may be talking about you. People may even say you can't be here, you can't be there, or you got to change this, change that. Don't you worry about it because the God you serve will not only give you back everything the enemy tried to take, but he will restore it double because there's prosperity in your hope. You know why? You know why? You know why? Because you put your hope in the right one. Woo! Here's a commercial. I close with this. This commercial used to be on years ago. And it would be something like this. You got the right one, baby. And I thought I would just tell you that if your hope is in Jesus, you got the right one, baby. You got the right one. Nothing can stop you because you're all the way up. You got the right one because Jesus is still the best thing that has ever happened to me. I'm a prisoner of hope and I know my prosperity is in the hope of my salvation and Christ is my hope and I live with him. I trust him. I will give him my life and I don't care what the rest of the world say. My hope is in Jesus. Somebody give him a praise. Somebody give him a praise. Woo! I like that, brother. God restores. Yes, he does.